0: Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. <laughs> yeah, I could have cropped it better, that's true. Now I'm a little big.
1: Oh no, I, can- I just meant well, I don't need Dr. Pulaski in that.
0: <laughs> you don't need Dr. Look, Pulaski in anything, do you, Becca? If
1: she's going to throw shade on Data, I will continue to throw shade on All her. All right, wait.
2: We're going to start the episode because you can't just do this and then insult her off the record.
1: <laughs> no, it's on the record.
0: Jake, do it. Do it. We're already in the episode. Xander just walked us into it. We never start with like a welcome to to Boldly Watch. We just get into the conversation. So
2: welcome. Welcome to 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 Boldly Watch. (laughs) To Dr. Pulaski Watch. Listen, if this episode didn't make you like Pulaski, I don't think there's any help for you, Becca. Well. You really don't don't like her even after this?
1: When she gets super old and then gets young again?
2: She made such a bold sacrifice and she's beautiful and so charming. She made a
1: stupid sacrifice. Oh,
2: no. Okay. All right. Here we go. Round
0: one.
1: Oh, wow. Everyone's getting this disease and dying. Let's teleport someone over from that planet. No, take down the force field shield. I'm sure it's fine. Children can't get infected. That is worse than Dr. Fauci or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but Come that... on. Of course children can get it.
2: <laughs> she she uh, came up with a brilliant solution and went and put her herself in danger, but only herself. And I think that's so... Blame. And Data. Well that too. (laughs) But
0: But he's just an android, so who cares? Anyway, anyway,
2: as you've probably guessed by now, this is unnatural selection.
0: (laughs) That's right, it's unnatural selection. (laughs) The Enterprise investigates the deaths of the crew of the USS Landtree, who all died of old age. What? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, before we get into, I oh, mean, I really wanna have the trial of Dr. <laughs> <gasps> right now. I feel like this is like the preliminary deposition between <laughs> the two parties.
1: For my opening arguments, <laughs> this woman came into our lives and insulted Data, replaced a beloved redheaded figure <laughs> and mother <laughs> of Wesley. She has put herself in danger, risked the entire crew, Aunt needs to update her haircut. No!
0: The prosecution rests. <laughs> needs to update it from 1989?
2: You leave her hair alone. It's a focal point for the episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was never acceptable in any time period.
2: No, I love it. It's perfect. Oh. Defense? Opening well, arguments? A lot of these things. Wait a
0: minute. What is your charge, Becca? What is your charge about Dr. Pulaski? That her haircut's not good? I, I just don't believe listed that all these you. things. No, but like, what is your one thing of like, you don't like her as a character or you don't believe that she is more I valuable than Crusher? Like strip away her... the rivalry,
2: strip away all of that stuff. Like really as a character study, I think that she brings something very interesting to the enterprise. It brings the conflict and it brings a different perspective. That I find really refreshing, especially coming from a a female character in a position of power. She's not compromising her values. She's not, you know, kowtowing to someone who's even her idol. She knows what she believes and she stands for it. And when she fucks up, she admits it and, like, takes the consequences for it. And I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I I can hear your argument. To me, if I were to list her characteristics, I would say strong will. Stubborn, mm-hmm. unyielding. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as personality, there's no warmth there. Uh,
2: there's this no. This is the episode you see it because you see her relationships with Troy and with others. There people call her Kate and they know that there's like a fun person that's there, but she keeps everything very professional, especially when we see her interacting with the captain. And frankly, that's when we see her because most of the time she's off screen. <laughs>
1: Are we talking about Polanski or Hillary Clinton? We'll There's a power struggle that is in this episode. And <laughs> I don't, I feel like it's forced. I feel like mm. her and Picard are very similar, but they try and create this battle of wills. And I, I can't understand what it's about.
0: They're trying to humanize her. Mm. Like, she Why do they does... have to work
1: so hard, though? <laughs>
0: So, uh, well, because they're not very good at it at first and it takes them some time to like bluntly say, well, let's go talk to her previous employer and go see what her (laughs) job performance review was there. Oh, I say you meet her, her, her stubborn streak. Like they're trying to show.
1: Perhaps I am the victim of internalized misogyny.
2: I was going to ask, like, would you feel the same way if it was a male character? And also you have a point, but it's not really her fault that she's replacing someone as great as
0: Beverly Crusher but yeah I'm
1: just very very upset there's no yeah. Beverly Crusher in this that's, season actually I think fit. that's what it is is. you're taking that, it
0: out on her right? right
1: yeah I am because I don't know where else to take it out uh, my mother is gone listen
2: do it like everyone else does on Wesley <laughs> shut up yeah
0: Wesley. can I just, I just I'm wanna...
1: sorry Will we I said it I tried not to
0: a really quick tangent. I understand. I don't really love Doctor Pulaski's hair either, but Diana Mulder. It has some of the best headshots from earlier on in her acting career that I've ever seen. I just put a link to it in our chat, and I will put it in the description below. Don't
1: worry, I got a screen share incoming. Ooh,
0: oh, nice.
2: She's beautiful. I've, she she's is beautiful now. gorgeous
0: in this photo. I, d- I think the haircut in the show doesn't really do her justice.
2: Yeah, look at that. Yeah, that is
1: some hair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Gorge. No, that's a haircut. <laughs> okay. okay. Um But yeah, that was a while ago, so not necessarily in the Star Trek days. Let's do this in the context a little bit of the episode. So walking into, um, walking into this, we get a distress from the Landry. The Landry is a transport ship, and we can't quite make out what their deal is because communications are s- like kind of scattered, from what I understand.
1: Well, how about we just beam aboard? I think we just got to beam aboard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We just, we just got to beam over there. No masks. That's
1: Worf's advice.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, Worf's always the guy to give the wrong advice that they can shut down and then talk about things more rationally later. That's kind of a device that we're going to start to see more and more of, unfortunately. Sorry, Worf. I know. I know. Uh, but before that, actually, I, we should also mention that Picard mentions to Troy, like, they're trying to evaluate Pulaski because they still right. haven't really gotten down to – her vibe on this ship yet. So they're definitely, there's a, I think Becca, what you're asking about of them trying to, well, how they humanize her is they're trying to point it out in this episode. They're like, let's, let's see things from her perspective. Mm-hmm. I want to understand her better. So they give her all of this focus. And again, we don't, like the last episode, we don't have a B-plot. It's pretty much this the whole time. So we're going to live with her for a while and see what she's about.
1: Yeah, why'd they stop writing? Uh, They got to a good place at the end of season one before the writers' strike with really having a solid story structure. And this season so far, it's been just A-plots.
2: Well, also you have to think that they probably started writing on it before the first season aired, or finished airing. Rather And so before that format really got steam, they they had to keep moving forward. So I think once people reacted to seeing the A plot, B plot, and said, this is what we want,
0: mm. that kind of
2: filtered back into the writer's room and back into the whole process. It just takes a long time once these things are in motion. And as we mentioned at the
0: top of season two, like a lot of writers changed, like right. the writer's room changed. So there probably was a, a, a new learning period.
1: Solid. Mm. <laughs> Continue.
0: I will continue. So uh, (laughs) there's no signs of life on the landry. We find out through the view screen that, oh, no, it's a bunch of old people.
1: Can we talk about this view screen, though? Because getting in there was, I feel like the hardest part of being a captain is having to memorize all these access codes (laughs) to get into the view screens of different Federation ships.
0: So this is actually, I think, a pretty direct reference to Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh, where movie. they actually do this in um, – to, to summarize, Khan gets a hold of a Federation ship, and one of the ways they thwart him is by gaining remote access and lowering his shields. Hack and so they, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they hack it, Federation style. I mean, and uh, they are able to control the access to the ship, so they get the view screen. And then we see – yeah, you're right. They do take a long time to do it, but we see what happened, which is everybody got super old really quickly. yeah. A battle with time that they lost. Wow. (laughs) But
1: Riker points out, this captain is my age.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) But Riker's not old. Look at that beard. So distinguished. So young. (laughs) So we don't really know what to do with them, but we figure they last had a port of call at the Darwin, what was the place called? Outpost? Yeah, the Darwin Station. The Darwin Genetic Research Station. And so we're going to go try and figure out uh, who they came into contact with and if this potential disease, because we've quarantined the ship, is something that we need to warn the station about. They uh, they put like a warning beacon on it that yep. just repeats a message and just says everybody stares here. Back there.
1: off. You don't want to come here. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. Go away, please.
0: <laughs> That's word for word It what it was. Exactly. It's basically a Romulan invitation is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Romulan bait? <laughs> yeah. They definitely want to go inspect now.
1: <laughs> uh, and then we meet a Pulaski fangirl. Me
0: <laughs> A polanska like? Yeah. <laughs> Pulas- There's no lens. end. You've got
2: it. You've got me getting the end yeah. now, damn it. No, but see this is this is just to show you how how advanced she was in the field and how respected she is in the field of science of all places. In Star Trek. That's amazing. She's beautiful. It's pretty cool.
1: She was like, oh, that's my old book. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) She did say that. That was a while ago or something. Um,
1: Obviously, this fangirl hasn't read my new stuff.
2: (laughs) And it's weird because I think it's supposed to, you know, uh, nod at this woman's age. Like, oh, that was a while ago. You would know that because you seem to be older. But then we come to find out that they're also aging at a rapid pace on the Mm -hmm. station.
1: She just celebrated her 34th birthday. And yet... Look at those jowls. Just kidding. I don't remember <laughs> oh, if she had jowls.
0: More like the USS Jowl Town. Am okay. right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So we learned at the Darwin Genetic Research Station that they are genetically, not engineering, but I think it's <laughs> technically genetically engineering, kids to be uh, to have perfect immune systems. Immune systems that are so perfect, quote unquote, they actually go and seek out hostile genetic code hostile what viruses
2: yeah the things that the antibodies would fight in their bodies but they instead are proactive and they fight them outer bodies (laughs) so
1: i was only half paying attention to a lot of this does that mean that they're creating
2: vaccines in that way In a way, except for that it is fatal to real
0: to humans that the people that created them. Like our our immune system like fights like hostile bacteria that comes in, right? Obviously
1: we're scientists here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. This This is is a very
0: scientific way I'm describing (laughs) it too. Uh, Speaking of scientific
1: words, I really like the word gerantification. Gentrification.
0: wait. Not Not
1: gentrification, gerent. Yeah. Like old people. (laughs) Gerantification?
0: Which is the act of getting old? Yeah. Gerontification? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When I Googled it, the first thing that comes up is hashtag gerontification, hashtag on Instagram. Two posts. Is it
2: Benjamin Button?
0: It is a stripper pole neon sign and a black and white photo of a city. Um, (laughs) I've never heard of this word. How do you spell it?
1: I don't know, I thought I heard it in the episode. It's okay, don't worry about it, go no, on. No, I'm
0: super interested in that gerontification.
1: I'll find it, I'll fi- I'll give you a time code.
0: Oh, sh- that's really cool. Oh,
1: I'll give you a time code.
0: <laughs> this segue is worth it.
2: <laughs> It'll be my first book. <laughs> oh, she that old be thing? be
0: Geriatrification?
2: She did say I have a new appreciation for geriatrics.
0: Oh, geriatrification, according to Urban Dictionary, is the gentrification of an area by re- <laughs> retiring old people. Oh. <laughs> there it is. Well, that, that sounds
1: like what happened uh, <laughs> on the Darwin.
0: Uh, so, yeah, we... Well, speaking also of funny ways to pronounce things, Troy pronounces stasis as stasis. stasis. Well, <laughs> Same as that data. that is the
1: benzoid accent, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> The Betazoid. well-known, well-established Betazoid <laughs> accents that they all have.
0: <laughs>
1: I must encounter the stasis.
0: That was a creepy stasis field. I thought that he was like wrapped in saran wrap. I was like, that's got to be claustrophobia-inducing. I
2: thought about the actor, too, who you'd have to stay so still and not breathe because you would see it fogging up in that plastic. That's for yeah, sure. Was oh, it right?
1: plastic or was it just a
2: thick layer of um, Lard. So it looked. It was definitely what? like a molded plastic.
0: <laughs> you think he's covered in a layer of lard?
1: I don't know. People do weird stuff. Of for translucent fun,
2: you know? lard. My guess, <laughs> if I were to make this prop, I would, you know, make a mold of him and then use that mold ink with pl- <laughs> yeah. clear plastic and then put that over the top of the actor. Not they clearly needed to lard. have
0: like a, a person because they needed to show, not tell, that this was a not a twelve-year-old boy. Right? right. It's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> well, as soon as as soon as they beamed him aboard, I was like, "Wait a minute. Worf's right? What the what's going on here?" <laughs> and then I thought, "Is, is this bad casting? What no, no way that's a 12-year-old." And then they explain, "Well, clearly he is genetically perfect 12-year-old."
1: I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Why we have this episode uh, it was called a geriatric phenomena that we oh. just learned about, and when they beam us a child, he's not a child. How unexplainable! I'm
0: still I'm still gonna take geriatrification as a word from now on <laughs> and refer to it to like you're really geriatrifying yourself. Yeah, and that's you just know, getting older. <laughs> you're acting older than you really are. Mm. Not 35. Um, other tidbits from this episode: Chief O'Brien is now a character. I, hey. Thank I
1: God. I mean, <laughs> this sex pot needed some lines. <laughs> Ugh, oh, that voice!
0: You mentioned this in season one too—that you are, you're like hot for O'Brien—and I'm so, so surprised. Yeah. And
1: <laughs> well, he does have the same haircut as Pulaski, so he that does. is confusing. Why I enjoy it on him?
0: This um, is your internal misogyny, Becca.
1: <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I said this sexy fucker needs series regular billing. Make it so.
0: <laughs> yeah, here it comes. It's the accent, Becca?
1: It's the accent. Okay. It's 100% the accent. Got it.
2: Boy, it, you're going to love ds I just melt. <laughs> um, this is also where we can see, I, I commented about this, about data piloting this shuttlecraft that happens. But we also see it in this transporter room, the panache that people use these consoles with, either raising up something or piloting a
0: shuttlecraft. It's a full context sport. Dana does a very uh, high-fingered punching of buttons. And then are you referring to the ensign that worked with – yeah, I noticed this too. So if you watch carefully in this scene, so uh, O'Brien's in the medical bay, and he's watching over the body as it gets transported. And you see – you cut back to the ensign, and the ensign does a no-look transport where he looks to his left – and he just sweeps with his right. A fucking and 360, right. 360, no <laughs> scope. <laughs>
1: Ooh, that's called mastering your craft. Yeah,
0: It's yeah, this like, incredibly one transport. dangerous transport that takes all of our focus. Just, I don't even look. <laughs> there was a point where I, it was either Picard or also O'Brien. I think it might have been O'Brien where they were on the other side of the transport and he's like, just one second. And I thought he was going to do a behind the console sweep. Oh, been yeah. Way yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, that's
1: big. That's yeah, the, big.
0: I don't know if anybody appreciates that, but us. But I. I, I <laughs> uh, so, all right. So we've established we've established pretty much what's happening plot wise. So let's talk more about Pulaski. She makes some some choices in this episode. And Xander, why don't you kind of yes. lead us off with like why you think that she is. she's making redeeming choices
2: so i think the main focus of the episode is what like you had mentioned earlier to explain what we've seen of pulaski so far we as as an audience we've seen her be very you know stern or stubborn or you know abrupt especially in her treatment of the others but then we find out that there's all there's always the other side of the coin and we find out that a lot of the decisions she makes, she has to as the chief medical officer. It's these tough calls that she's forced to make all of the time. Uh, and she has developed a relationship with the other members of the crew. We even come to find out that she's a fangirl of Jean Luc Picard and stopped her, um, her position on another ship to come and join the Enterprise. Um, so you can't blame her because Beverly left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I do like the fact that they showed later in the – that happened later in the episode when they revealed that, oh, she really wanted to be on board the Enterprise. uh Because right. then that shows that she definitely has, like, a personal reason for being there as opposed to just being an assignment. But she doesn't talk about it yes. because she is more reserved, right? And so – And she
2: wants to prove
0: herself that she's
2: worthy to be on the
0: Enterprise. In that theme of proving yourself, I think that's kind of another reason why we have – her have these unlikable qualities for a lot of people because also like on our discord everybody's like i don't like pulaski either everybody identifies with you becca on this for the most part and i think it's yes
1: that's why i'm (laughs) assembling this army
0: no it's fine to have differing opinions that's what makes (laughs) it interesting (laughs) xander and i i think are in the minority of this but like i the only way to grow is to start out small right Mm -hmm. and so she needs to have the opportunity to change her mind. And so we need to see that. And she makes mistakes because everybody makes mistakes. No one is perfect. So she admitted her error. And I think it's a redeeming quality that we see in this episode.
1: Yeah. And let me say that I like the actress. Right. I I don't like the way the character is written. I think she's just sure. sure. And I think she is a good doctor. And I think she's very believable as the chief medical officer. And I think she handles that power that comes with it well. Mm-hmm. I just think she's written so dryly.
2: Yeah, and I think that that's a night nice, For me, it's a welcome contrast to the characterization of the other crew members. You know, it's nice to have that balance, and it, it, she can get really sassy, and it's it's a lot of fun, especially with some of the banter with Data.
1: Yeah, i just like to see what happens when she lets her mullet down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like, I can say more things that define... Pulaski's personality. Then, at this point in the series, I can't about Crusher. Not lies, saying I dis- lies, blasphemy. <laughs> no, no, Get out. I like Beverly Crusher, but I'm saying she isn't super distinct yet. She's yeah, but just- I
1: think she did more in this episode. Gates McFadden was more present in this episode than any other character to me. I don't know where I'm oh, going wow. with that. <laughs> She's always <laughs> on my mind. I put her visually, like I see, like, I see not- <laughs> her in the background of every. Well, it's because like you Jake have that poster of her on your background. wall, Becca. Like you can't help that. That's what it is! Thank you.
0: (laughs) Like, I don't think it's the creator's choice that Gates McFadden is very present in this episode for you only.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but getting back to like the episode itself, Mm -hmm. um, as soon as she erases the force field of saran wrap from this sweet boy and his tidy (laughs) whiteies, she immediately gets like terrible tennis elbow. No,
2: it was like 18 minutes. They said she had been alone on on the shuttle for quite some time, then we cut back to her and then she has
0: the flare-up of the arthritis, which is a first sign of a concentrated dose of this thing. And they did mention it was concentrated because of the size of the shuttlecraft, I think? Well,
2: because all of the other kids were in this containment unit, so everything that was coming out were small doses except for the people who brought it back onto the ship. That was Mm. a large dose of it, which is why... It took out the ship so quickly.
1: Question: We don't know how it's transmitted, so why didn't she put on a hazmat suit or her own saran wrap bubble? That's
0: a good that's, question. That's good doctoring right there. Because she needs to be able to. She said it as for the reason that she wanted to go on the the shuttle itself was she needs to like touch him and examine him and, and actually do things that the stasis would prevent. Yeah.
1: She needs to touch and examine this
0: no, very twelve-year-old no. boy, Porcelain Becca. Be skill- careful. <laughs> be careful. 12 year old boy who well is the actor isn't so right. <laughs> <She's 17. laughs>
1: maybe it was just like uh, they didn't want to deal with kids on set and all the Coogan rules of having a teacher on set yeah. and they were There's, like let's there just there was make him
0: all in the first season though and I'm
1: sure it's always a pain
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you're right uh, she 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 pays for her mistake with and she gets tennis elbows super quickly and uh... <laughs> The tennis elbow spreads so much that she starts uh, geriatrifying. No. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah, geriatrifying. (laughs) Now I'm going to stumble over that every time.
1: It's a made-up word, so do with it what you will.
0: (laughs) But meanwhile, back on the Enterprise, they try to figure out a solution, and we get some really classic Trek technobabble with the old transporter trace plan.
2: Yeah, and we've established, too, that Pulaski doesn't like the transporter and has had to use— Oh, okay. That's what I was confused about, if we had or not. Was this the first time? I don't you really remember us it?
1: doing that. She did say she didn't like it at the oh, okay. end of the episode after it saved her life. Right,
0: right, but not before this episode, right? I don't think we have. I remember someone else was a bit of a transport phobe early on in the first season. I can't remember who, but I think this is the first time it gets mentioned about her.
1: Should we discuss why that is with good reason?
0: <laughs> well, I think we've brought it up before, but yes, we should go ahead, Becca.
1: Well, uh, I've no, I wanted YouTube because I forgot the name of the YouTube channel, but Alexander JN, I believe, posted an awesome YouTube video, and Jake can tell us what channel it's on that goes into the details with an animation describing how one is completely murdered and reconfigured using the information in their consciousness over and over again every time they
0: transport. Uh, CGP Grey is the YouTube creator, and, uh, he's got a great channel, and it's a pretty old, um, it's one of his first videos that went super popular, I believe, but it's, it's called, I believe, The Problem with Transporters. I will put a link in the description. Mm
1: -hmm. The Trouble with Transporters, and Grey is with an E.
0: Yes. But again, I'll put a link in so you don't have to worry about spelling too much. The, uh... To summarize, and you should watch the video because he does a great summary of it, but to summarize, the transporter pulls all of your molecules apart and then reassembles them somewhere else. The theory being, of course, that you are instantly destroyed at this time, and your consciousness theoretically is reformed, but is that you? Mm -hmm. Is that your same consciousness, or is that all of your brain molecules and other things put together in the same way that it's another copy of you, but with your memories? And then, does that matter? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, does yes, matter? but it
1: doesn't matter. You're still you, in my opinion. Well, it's data is still data if you were transferred to a new body, downloaded to something else because his body file was corrupted. You know.
0: Well, file. we we kind of discussed this a couple of times already in this season. We actually did this first with, I think, um, Elementary Dear Data, right? Because. It's Well I think... my
1: consciousness has been transferred uh, and I lost those files, so I forgot that we did.
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> you just did shrooms one night and lost those files. Let's yes, that's what I meant,
1: obviously. <laughs> Hi mom. The
0: <laughs> in Elementary Dear Data we talk about the Descartes um quote about I think therefore I am, mm-hmm. which is a you know a brain in a jar scenario which is if your brain is receiving all the impulses as if it was in a skull does it know the difference if it's a computer simulation and then we get back to that again with the schizoid man when a personality is put into data and now we're kind of having this third version of it as well
2: yeah and and this is not the end of transporter shenanigans but i i did want to know becca because i thought I, you know that Dr. Pulaski is not long for this series. Did you think it, at some point that this was going to be her death? Oh, or absolutely,
1: I did. I was you like, did? okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I crush her back might. next episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, she did get super old. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, we figured out with the technobabble. Just put her in the unmicrowave, and she'll <laughs> uncook. <laughs>
0: Get some hair. <laughs> it was kind of a lazy solution, yeah. I thought. Uh, for how for how much fun they had laying out the problem and getting into the intricacies and the dynamics of the disease, the quarantine, and the aging progression, the fact that they were just like, let's untransport her felt a little simple. Yeah.
1: Hold on. Let's go to an earlier save file. Duh. <laughs> yeah.
2: But not only that, they created a save file from nothing, which is which kind is of impressive. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, From wasn't there a hair. ship called the right.
1: USS Repulse? Yep. <laughs> I would never get on that ship.
0: <laughs> Doesn't
1: sound like an affectionate name.
0: Well, it Repulse isn't necessary. I guess it is the same as Repulsive, because it's like to move away, right? Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. To Repulse.
0: Yeah. The Repulse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, mean, the, I the guess USS you don't want a ship attract. called the Impulse.
2: Yeah, the attract didn't last long either. Things just kept smashing into
1: it. Totally. Uh, Picard has an interesting choice to make, which is, okay, we're doing this risky maneuver. I could just disintegrate my new chief medical officer, which will make it difficult to find her replacement. So... (laughs) That's
0: (laughs) Also obliterating a Hashtag
1: hiring problems.
0: (laughs) I don't want to have to interview more chief medical officers. That already (laughs) took so long.
1: So she... Uh, he tells our new favorite character O'Brien to step aside and let him push the button, but it's not just pushing a button, as we find out, because O'Brien is like, "Hold on, let me take the controls," and he's the one that saves Pulaski. Oh, just a side note: I was going to say I p- call I put the N in her name because I took it out of Brent Spiner's.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a transitive N.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Uh, I really you forgot can't which do one was that with right letters
0: one. whenever you want. You can't call them Picard and then Crushered. Like, you can't just move the D. Yeah,
1: and also, I know
2: I can't, but I do. I have a problem with your rules because it went from a character name to uh, uh, a an, actor an actor's, an actor's the name. The problem
0: is there are no rules. <laughs> she just transported it to transporting location. Yeah, that was, like, the the most TV, like, I felt they got to their act five, and they're like, we need to have some tension. Okay, let's have it not work for 30 seconds and have some more beeping sound effects, and then it will work.
1: (laughs) Suspense! We
0: also got this really cool fade effect to work,
2: so let's just mess around with that for a bit.
1: (laughs) And they spent a
2: lot on that old
0: age makeup, I'm sure. Yeah. I thought it was much improved from um old Admiral Jenkins or whatever his name was in yeah. the totally. first one. What was that guy's name? Jameson. They realized Jameson. that
1: uh, prosthetics never look as good as just some makeup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it helps that... Uh, it helps that Pulaski already has some contours that they could add to her face and kind of enhance I thought the other doctor like had some rough makeup like the lighting didn't really make it work very well like she definitely had like white paste around much of her face
2: Well it's special guest star budget versus extra budget <laughs> with a couple of lines <laughs> Fair enough fair enough <laughs> Uh,
1: and then they go back to the land tree where they can't untransport those folks because their life signals have ceased. And so they all stand before blowing up the ship. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. They give it it almost sword, was a respectful
1: right? burial at uh, in space, but then they were just like, and blow up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's, this, what's the more respectful way? Do you want them to, like, slowly compact it into nothing? Like, what? What's the alternative? Yeah,
1: actually, that'd be cool.
0: <laughs> I don't know
1: what the alternative is. Yeah, yeah there's no good way here. Yeah,
2: because they had to disintegrate it because it was still contagious. Yeah.
1: Bummer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was a natural selection. I think. I think we've kind of seen what Star Trek's gonna do with Pulaski in terms of making her um, a hard-headed character and someone who is still an aggressive doctor and wants to get things done even at the expense of maybe her own safety so we'll see if there's more of that and maybe you'll find a reason to like that becca or maybe you'll just always be thinking of crusher
1: okay i think i figured out what it is Mm. i hate hard-headedness in general i think that Mm. everyone and everything in the universe should be open-minded period So what do you
0: think of other hard-headed characters in this show? Because, like, it's Worf is not the most unyielding of people, for instance.
1: Yeah, but that's comedy. Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think they're even sort of um, balancing Picard out because they took some of the harshness away from Picard, couldn't really give it to Riker, and there was no other disciplinarian that could take it. So I think it's a good move for this dynamic. Um yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Becca, about open-mindedness, but I also love a strong opinion, because I can value um, Pulaski coming in with her beliefs of like, I don't like being transported. I think that this person should be saved and not that person. And I can see where she's coming from. She has a lot of valid points, and I think that's where the beauty of Star Trek comes in. It's not the, the photon torpedoes that we get to shoot out, it's the conference room of different opinions, that we get to flesh out the problem and solutions.
0: This feels like something McCoy would have done from the original yeah. series. Yeah,
2: Pulaski is McCoy.
0: I'm pretty sure there is a episode of original series where they all do age super rapidly and McCoy has to solve it. I'm pretty and, sure there is one.
2: Because they always make fun of Bones for how how much older he looks than the rest of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and this is not our first episode of TNG that has to do with premature aging. Tr- but you know tr- what? <sighs> Maybe I'll come around on Pulaski, maybe I won't, but I'm glad we can have this civil roundtable discussion.
0: Right, I agree. (laughs) Let's talk about next week's episode, which is a matter of honor. Riker serves as an exchange officer on board a Klingon warship. It's a good one.
1: They have exchange officer programs? (laughs) That's adorable. Well,
0: the Klingons are allies right now. And they're uh, new allies. Yeah. So everyone's still trying to figure everyone out. I don't know if... I can't remember if a Klingon comes on board the Enterprise. Is it a swap? We'll find out. We'll find well, out. Well,
1: maybe I'll tell you about Zara, who was my German exchange student in high school.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, you know what Zara would say at this point of the podcast? Gentrification. Gentrification. <laughs>